It seems like it's kind of a fine line you want to give them enough information, but also maybe not freak them out just yet. No, absolutely. And parents have to walk a very fine line between, as you said, giving children enough information and encouraging them to be informed citizens and not uh, letting them become cynical at a very young age. Uh, so, for instance, you know, with small children, you might explain if they had to vote for a class pet, you know, that there would be a procedure and rules for that and they would want it to be fair. Even kids as young as second grade are ready to learn about how our political system works as we learn today on St. Louis on the Air. And before we move on, I want to remind you that the biggest source of St. Louis Public Radio's funding comes from listeners like you. Because you value what you hear on St. Louis on the Air, donate today. Go to stlpr.org donate. That's stlpr.org donate. I'm Sarah Fenske. This is St. Louis on the Air. When it comes to civic classes, some parents got a little extra help in this past month from a Clayton company. Varsity Tutors specializes in high-quality tutors available for personalized online teaching, and it launched a series of four classes to teach kids all about democracy, Congress, and the electoral process. These classes were free, and they had students paying attention. And joining us today to talk about them is Narisa Smith. She's a teacher with Varsity Tutors Social Conscience Series. She's also an attorney and a former professor at Howard Law School, specializing in constitutional law. So, Narisa, welcome. Hello, how are you? So, what led Varsity Tutors to offer these classes this year in particular? Well, Varsity developed the Social Conscience Series as a way to respond to a lot of the uh, actions that were happening over the summer as people reacted to the death of George Floyd and other things, Varsity looked into expanding its offerings to respond to things that students might be interested in. And there was a uh, very good first series of courses about uh, African-American history and Uh, Building on that was this new series of courses talking about uh, democracy and how students can become involved in the uh, democratic process. So did you see a lot of students taking advantage of this opportunity? Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, And the numbers have ranged. uh, Of course, it depends on what time uh, the class is offered and other things. But Uh, Oh, my goodness. I mean, (laughs) uh, some of the classes have had more than a thousand children in them. Wow, that is a a great turnout. Um, That's that's quite incredible. That must have been amazing to to look out on Zoom or however you were doing this and, and see there's that many people tuning in. Oh, absolutely. And it's, I mean, of course, now that school is in session, the numbers are a little lower, but still fairly, you know, fairly surprising still to think, you know, that these students are willingly, you know, giving 
uh, their time to want to learn something outside the classroom that they're not being forced to. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think it's fascinating. I understand you had some young kids in there that um, kids as young as second grade were um, encouraged to sign up for one of these cohorts. Are second graders old enough to understand something as complicated as Congress? Oh, well, absolutely. And I think it's all in how you explain things to children. Uh, So, for instance, you know, with small children, you might explain if they had to vote for a class pet, you know, that there would be a procedure and rules for that and they would want it to be fair. And you can use that then to relate back to Congress. So, yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Of course, you know, it's a more of a challenge, but when you make things relatable, then the children will respond. So you kept things a little bit simpler with the younger kids. What are some of the areas you found yourself getting into with the older kids? Oh, well, with the older kids, and I just finished the uh, Making Democracy Work for You course, which uh, we wanted to finish prior to Election Day. And in that course, students have a wide range of questions. Some of them are fairly basic, like, well, what is the electoral college? How does that work? Uh, Some of them have questions just about the basic, you know, legislative, executive, judicial branch, you know. So a lot of the uh, first part of the class I spent just on those basics, but they also, you know, had questions about, you know, their rights. You know, when you talk about the fact that there is a First Amendment, some of them were surprised to learn that students at public schools, you know, they do retain some First Amendment Hmm. uh, rights in in the school house. And so they were really uh, happy to learn those things. And, you know, they did have other questions that were, you know, I think more along the lines of what's going on now, like, well, you know, can the president do this? Can the Mm -hmm. president do that? So the good thing, though, is that these young people are engaged and they want to know. Hmm. And I think that that's a great takeaway. Were you able to get a sense of of what issues beyond presidential power, which we know we're all kind of obsessed with, can he do that? Can he not do that? But, you know, issues in terms of, of our country that these students were interested in. Oh, well, absolutely. And one of the things one of the questions that I did get asked and the way that I I run my particular classes, they can ask questions. uh, I can unmute them on Zoom or they can use the chat. And uh, several students in the last session did ask, well, what happens if the president uh, doesn't want to leave? Hmm. You know, so unfortunately, that is something, you know, that uh, I know that parents try to shield uh, children from some of the realities, but no, they they are aware, and uh, even though these are older kids, you know, it's still something that's definitely on their minds. It's interesting. I guess it kind of cuts both ways. We both want our kids to see that we're interested in politics and that it's important to do things like voting, and yet at the same time, we don't want them to obsess about it or wake up at four in the morning the way some of us might wake up at four in the morning worrying about it. It seems like it's kind of a fine line. You want to give them enough information, but also maybe not freak them out just yet. No, absolutely. And parents have to walk a very fine line between, as you said, giving children enough information and encouraging them to be informed citizens and not uh, letting them become cynical at a very young age, which no parent uh, 
wants. And I think the answer also boils down to how old the child is because, of course, teenagers are going to be better able to understand things than elementary school age children, but also the particular characteristics of your child. If you know that you have a child who, you know, tends to be anxious or a worrier, you know, you might want to take some time as a parent and so, so I said, let's talk through some of these things. You know, how are you feeling about mm-hmm. everything. So that is definitely something to do. We asked our listeners on Twitter about who had helped instill interest in these issues with them. Who demonstrated the value of voting to you when you were a kid? We got some amazing replies to this. Arindam writes, stories from my grandparents and elders who had fought for an independent India, voting in their first free election in 1951, and also my father when he became a U.S. citizen. That just gave me the chills. Um, John also writes on Twitter, I didn't vote vote in my first presidential election or the congressional elections before and after it. 9-11 made me an activist. 2004 showed me how important primary and general election votes are. And 2008 introduced me to the people in my community making policy. We also heard from State Representative Gina Mitten. She wrote on Twitter that the mother of a close friend, an L.A. Valley College sociology professor, taught her the importance of civic engagement as a kid. She writes, that surrogate mom, Professor Pat Allen, had me knocking doors before I was old enough to vote. I owe some big parts of my life to that now 90-year-old woman who took a scruffy kid under her wing. And so, Narisa, these things that these kids are learning in these classes that you teach and that varsity tutors are offering, these are things that, that could end up becoming a vocation or a calling for some of these kids. Well, I would certainly hope so. And to just not to put too fine a point on what you're saying, but I give all credit to my parents uh, for my own civic engagement. Whenever they took us to, whenever they went to vote, they would take us with them, uh, my sisters and I, and we always were very engaged in the process. And whenever political figures would come to our town, to speak. We were always, you know, required to go and required to pay attention at a very young age, you know, to presidential campaigns. So Hmm. all those things that parents do definitely have the ability uh, to shape lives and young minds. So yes, don't try to shield them too much because you don't want them to, you know, be afraid. Because one thing that I've heard recently as well is that a lot of uh, adults uh, might not know things, but they're sort of afraid or ashamed. You know, they feel like maybe I'm too old to, you know, to figure these things out. I should have learned this before. And, you know, you don't want that. So give kids accurate, age-appropriate information uh, about the world. Here's a couple more interesting tweets. Cooper tweets, my dad taught me about the Voting Rights Act and why it was necessary. I felt an obligation to partake ever since. And Jay tweets, my Jewish community instilled in me, even as a child, that it is my moral responsibility to make the world a better place through voting, activism, or daily actions. The older I became, the more I saw political involvement as necessary to making the world one I want to live in. So, Narisa, if people are hearing this today and and I, um, they're feeling called to do something to get their kid a little more engaged in this process. I know Varsity Tutor's Social Conscious series is now over. That final class was a couple days ago. Any recommendations of a good starting point um, for parents who want to hit this home? 
Well, I do want to say that the social conscience series, the part about democracy, uh, those are concluded now, but the social conscience series as a whole uh, is all is an ongoing project. Oh, that's so great news. That, so that's still that something people can take Absolutely. advantage of. Absolutely. And who knows, we may even uh, do the democracy one again. But of course, we try to make classes that respond to what students might want to know about. And of course, with the election being on people's minds, that seemed like a logical choice. But as far as the other part of your question, uh, parents can have kids participate uh, where I live. They have a child election, which I think is such a wonderful idea to get kids uh, invested in the process early. Their votes might not count, but they have that feeling of being heard, hmm. having them when they get to a certain age, you know, read uh, different newspaper articles and read different things about what's going on and ask them what they think, you know, rather than telling them what they should think, you know, ask them what they think. So that, again, is something that gives them agency and makes them feel empowered when discussing uh, these issues. And also uh, look for, there's so many great resources at public libraries and at bookstores uh, for parents who want to help kids understand uh, not only how the government works, but why voting matters. And mm. going back to some of the tweets, I have to say that personal family stories can be so powerful in that regard as well and especially come if uh, your family is from a background uh, for instance I am African American and knowing that uh, my family moved up from the south uh, in the days before the Voting Rights Act and that voting was not guaranteed mm -hmm. has been something you know that I have carried with me to know every time that I vote that there are generations of people before me mm -hmm. who wished that they had this right and sacrifice for me to have it, and therefore I should not take it for granted. Mm -hmm. That's such a powerful message to pass on to any young child, and I hope parents are having that conversation today with their kids. Even if they can't take them to the polls because of COVID, this is an unusual year. I hope people will go back to, as you said, it's your family tradition, uh, take these kids to the polls and, and get them started. So, Narisa Smith, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.